I want to just talk for a few minutes this morning. We started out, you know, we've been on this unexpected adventure journey, and uh, it's getting more unexpected for me every week. And uh, I'm beginning to be stirred up in my thoughts about what God is doing and what God wants to do and uh, how he wants to do it and begin to break that open to each one of us so we can have an understanding of it. And, and we started last week by talking about evangelism, uh, and we're going to follow uh, on with that. But this morning I, I felt, and Patricia and I were talking all week about this, and uh, I felt a need maybe to, uh, to, 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 to change your perspective. I really think that we think more backwards than what we realize. We just think based on the world that has conformed us in, in, our, in our lives. And it's pretty hard to be in any nation and not be conformed to that nation. And, and sometimes you don't even notice that it's happening but I believe as we look at the church and what I'm going to share with you this morning, if you can catch this, I can change your paradigm about the kingdom of God, that it will change your life and you will then change things on this planet like God wants you to do as a son or a daughter. Uh, and, and so that's what I want to just kind of maybe get into some communication and conversation with you about this morning. I believe it's important for us to understand how uh, us understanding the kingdom of God is very important for our Christian walk. And that's what I want to show us this morning. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 29. I think we'll have this up there. Good job, media team. Matthew 12 and verse 29. It says this here. It says, for who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? There's a question being asked here. Who is strong enough to do that? Satan is still the ruler of this world, right? Adam gave that over to him. And even though he gave it back to us, to believers, we haven't known to walk in it. And I want to, I want to talk about that today. But it says, for a, who is powerful enough to enter into the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, Someone who could tie him up and plunder, and then plunder his house. Now, I want you to think of that in the context of even the word evangelism, or even making disciples. See, we've tried to sometimes go out into the world and do what the Great Commission has called us to do, but we haven't understood or recognized the power and the authority of the kingdom of darkness that's out there. So we go out there and we do our thing, and in many respects, okay, we come back like the first disciples sent out to do that, beat up, naked, and embarrassed, because it just wasn't working. And Jesus talked to them about that and trained them in that, and by the end of his life and the beginning of their journey without him, they were then able to do everything that he did. And, and, and yet there's this principle that's being thrown out here is about there's binding the strong man so that we can go in and plunder the house. So if the world is covered with darkness, which it is, if the world is under the rule and domain of Satan, which it is, I can't go do anything about it unless I understand this principle right here. Right? 
I, I, I want you to, to follow this because it's important for us to know because Satan really is the God of this age. He's not your God if you're born again. You've been set free. But he still is out there. And when we begin to grasp this and understand this, it'll begin to change the way that we think. We, it's important for us to know what God's original intent was uh, at the, in the very beginning. What did he start out doing? What did he say to us and to Adam and Eve? Genesis uh, chapter 1 and verse 26 says this about this beginning. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of heaven of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So he's saying, I want you to have dominion, dominion, dominion. We're talking about kingdom. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Kingdom simply means king's what? Dominion. King, you know what that is? Dom is, 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 is having dominion over something. And so we, we recognize that this is what God started out with. And so in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, that's what they experienced. They were naming the animals. They were enjoying life. They were, all, they were just enjoying marriage. They were enjoying everything. But then chapter 3 came, and they decided that they would venture out and listen to the serpent and go his route, and we know what happened from there. They lost their dominion right. Why? Because, only because, now listen to this, they only lost it because they put their self under Satan's king's domain. They decided they would listen to him instead of God. And so they literally placed themselves under him and began to operate more according to their feelings and their soul and their sensing and what they felt and what they saw and all of these things. And and here they were now kicked out of the garden, uh, away from the tree of life, so they wouldn't be sealed in their sin forever until it was dealt with. And, and, And the plan begins, of course, of redemption. And so we, we see this, this thing take place. And so then when we come to, back to the Gospels, we jump forward now, and what we want to see is what was Jesus' message to us? What was his message to us? In Matthew 16 and verse 19, he certainly gives us a clue as to what he wanted to do and what he did do if we would take it. And it says this here, and I will give you what? the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you see kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, they're really synonymous terms. They're just different cultures that they were spoken in. It was kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. So he says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Keys are like authority, right? If I have the key to my car, I can go get in it, and you're going to only get in your car when you leave this place, unless you're a little mixed up and it's left unlocked. But you only have authority with the right key to that thing. And so he's saying, I want to give you back these keys. And whatever you bind on earth is is now bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What is he trying to say here? Satan's the king of the world. If we don't bind the strong man, we can't go into the house and get the people out of it. See, God never wanted 
a religion. He wanted a kingdom. He wanted a kingdom, which is what we see throughout the entire Bible. Matter of fact, when you look at the Bible and you see uh, for uh, a season there where they reject, reject, reject God, and then they finally saw the world was operating and functioning with kings, what did they say? Give us a king. We want a king. Well, you know, the problem with that was they wanted a king they would choose. And remember, they chose Saul to begin with and found out, man, that was a big mistake. This is terrible. Why? Because there's only one king, right? King Jesus. He's the king. He wants to be the king of your life. And, and, and they found out that that was a big mistake. And here's comes God, here comes God's grace and sends them David. And David come in, comes in as one, of, as one of the greatest kings ever and, uh, and, and helps change the scenario around if you know his story, which I don't have time to go into. Uh, and as I, I was thinking about this, the whole concept of, of this thing with, you know, kings and then you, you know, kings all have servants and those type of things and kingdoms have servants and so forth uh, is, is he never wanted, God never wanted to have servants. He always wanted to have sons. Mind switch. Start letting your mind change this morning. If you grasp what I'm about to walk you through, it'll change everything about you. And I think this is what God's saying to us today. His desire and his goal, and I almost didn't want to say this because we made a cliche out of it, and so it means nothing now uh, to most people. It's just a humorous little, you know, statement. But his desire and goal was relationship, not a religion. God is looking for a family. Now, see, I have to have, I, I need to let that settle in because if I come in to even a gathering like this with another mentality, then I'm going to think different about everybody, right? I, I really am. I'm even going to think different about the people that are not saved because I won't see them as family just because they're not saved. It can't be. Well, wait a minute. God died for everybody, right? He died for everybody. Now, granted, they may not have received Christ yet, but they're still his sons and daughters until they push away and push away and push away and push away all their life and totally reject them. But they are family. And, I, I, you know, we, we all know that. You know, blood's thicker than water, right? And we, it's a statement, I think, if it's a... In California, it's a good statement. It means you're family and you stick together and you, and I remember, you know, an illustration. There used to be a family across the street from us where we lived and uh, it was a terrible, terrible neighborhood. But they fought every weekend. That was part of our entertainment was just sitting out in the porch and watching them fight. I mean, she would throw chairs at them and knives at them and everything else. And she'd be screaming at them and throwing beer bottles. I mean, this is every weekend. This was really funny. It was every weekend. It was our entertainment. And, uh... And the funniest thing was, is periodically it got so bad that one of them or somebody in the neighborhood called the police. And as soon as the police came to break it up, they would start fighting the police and tell them to get off of their property. <laughs> Leave us alone. You know, this, this whole connection thing is how we think sometimes. We got to think about family that way because God uh, is filled in the Bible with being called a father and he has children. 
is what he has. Now listen, the Father is a king, right? Our Heavenly Father is a king. And he has children who are now considered royalty. If you're born again this morning, you're royalty because you're connected with the king. You're in the family there. You know, I said last week, I think it was or the week before, we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. He's connecting us in a family way. That's always been his heart and that's always been his intention. He loves family. Matter of fact, whenever you read the scriptures, almost every time that you read the scriptures, like unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Well, that word house literally means family. Unless the Lord builds the family, you labor in vain. So he loves family and he loves kids and, uh, and, and, and that's his way of thinking. And when we now come to Jesus, coming to earth, Jesus always taught about kingdom living, didn't he? I mean, honestly, you know, you realize that uh, <laughs> he never actually taught about healing. He only did it. He never taught about deliverance. He just did it. Man, I think about this. Follow me on this. He never taught about these things. But what was the one thing that's highly noted that he did teach about? It's used over 145 times in the, New, in the Bible. And that was, he taught about the kingdom of God over and over and over. Kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. What was he after in that? Well, we're coming back to the whole thing of authority. We're coming back to, well, if we don't bind the strong man, then his kingdom will still rule. But if we can learn to do that, if we can understand the authority that we have as royalty, as his sons and daughters, as joint heirs with Christ, then when we walk out our life, we do it differently. How many realize that a king and a king's family does things a lot different than you do? Come on. I heard you probably all saw it. You know, there's a billionaire lady interviewing a millionaire, you know. And it's like, wow, you know, and that was the, the, uh, the, the prince of England or the ex-prince of England, I think it was. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, there, there's things different about being a son or a daughter. And so he started his mission with talking to you and I about the kingdom. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. Let's just read a couple scriptures here so that we can begin to settle this into our spirit because we have to have a paradigm shift here this morning or we walk out the same as we come in. You, you enter the world the same way that you entered it yesterday. And I don't want us to do that. Matthew four seventeen. From the time Jesus began to preach, remember this is chapter four, so it's right after, you know, it's, it's right after he gets started in his ministry. And it says this here, from the time that Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, why? For the kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, and Jesus went about Galilee, Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, or that word is translated good news, of what? The kingdom. And healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. So wherever he went, he took with him the authority of the king. And so he saw all these signs follow 
him as he said to you and I. These signs should follow you and I. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen it quite like that yet. Have you? Have, have you? Are you guys seeing miracles raising from the dead and everything all around you all the time? You're not, are you? Do demons scream out and run from you when you get, in the air, get by them? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, they did with him. They did with him. And he taught that the kingdom, he taught the kingdom, and then he just healed people. He never taught about healing. Matthew 6, he tells us this. He says, I want you to seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Matthew 24 and verse 14. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world for a witness unto all the nations and what? And then the end will come. See, what is he after? He's after dominion again. He's after him ruling again. He's after his royalty kids to rule on the earth. He really is. I know it's hard to see. I know it's hard to believe. I get that. But we need to be reminded that that's his desire. We oftentimes do a lot of things only to find out that the results aren't what we really wanted and, and then we walk away. And I'm just telling you, that's not normal kingdom thinking. And so I want to awaken our minds this morning to think more along the line of kingdom. Because a kingdom has a king who has dominion. A king is different than a president or a prime minister, for that matter. Totally different. Actually, it's the opposite. And most of us grew up under what? A president or some other leadership. And so, see, we haven't been trained at all to know what it's like to live under a king. And so, therefore, we're struggling to, get the, to, to figure this out. But the king, a king, in difference to a president or a prime minister, a king has all authority... A king has a royal family. The king has actually a kingdom. And if you notice all always, uh, even through the scriptures, a kingdom was always trying to take more territory, right? Constantly just trying to take more territory, take over the what? The world. Think about our commission here. But that's what a king and a kingdom does. A kingdom is not about a religion uh, and and. And the Bible is completely about a kingdom, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I mentioned that to you uh, about the King Saul and King David. Israel, between Israel and Judah, after they asked for the first king, had 20 kings. And out of those 20 kings, do you realize only five of them were good? Give us a king. <laughs> Give us a king. Give us a king outside of you, God. That's what they said. You know, I think of, of us, even us now, you know, oftentimes you just get so pumped up about putting the right president in as if that's going to be a solution to us. When will we learn? When will we learn? That's not what should be our goal here. 
And I'm not saying not to vote, but I'm, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be political here, but we already saw this in the Bible. <laughs> 20 kings, only five were even reasonably good, and that was probably by the grace of God that they came in and to give some relief to God's people. And it said every time that that happened was when God, God's people cried out to him in desperation. Something desperate got a hold of their heart. And they got away from their heads and said, man, we got to do something. This is killing us. This is nothing like we knew back in the, in, in the day. This is nothing like what God spoke to Joshua when he brought him out into the promised land. There's nothing like that. This isn't, this isn't working like it's being said that it was supposed to. But yet today, because we've been culturized as a church, we've been culturized, and so we're settling for less than the kingdom. Matter of fact, many people don't even think about the kingdom. They, they don't even have that in their mind. And, in, and the more that, that Patricia and I talked about it this week, and the more I researched it out, and the more I went back and looked at it, I just thought, wow. Uh, the, the, the Bible's filled with the idea of the kingdom and supposed to be the kingdom of God. And the kingdom also, or the Bible also talks about a government. Right? The government will be on whose shoulders? The king, King Jesus. Right? What was he talking about? There's a rule here. There's a control here. There's something here that was on Jesus. And, and, and then Jesus sends us out and says, go and make disciples. And, and yet somehow it doesn't, you know, it is working, but it isn't working to the magnitude that it could work. Uh, but yet God's on the move now, I believe, to sweep through our nation and the world with one of the greatest revivals ever. I don't want to be the five unwise virgins that are sitting back with my lamp empty and left out of this process. I don't want to be one that's missing the mark. I don't want to be the one that got so wrapped up in how terrible things look naturally that I don't see what God is doing on the earth. Keep in mind, all revivals were studied to the past. And so they were able to say, oh, this was a revival. But they didn't know it when they were in it. I don't think we know that we're in one. But I want you to know that we are. And there's lots of fruit of that and evidence of that around um, if we will uh, open up our eyes, begin to see. But most, again, most Christians don't even realize that their life is a mission. How often do you think about your life being a mission? God sent you from heaven to here to fulfill a mission. His mission was to do what? To let his kingdom rule here on earth, what? As it is in heaven. See, but it's hard to keep that in our minds because we're so caught up in what? The culture and trying to just make it every day. And, and so we, we, we kind of get that out of mind, but really uh, you are on a mission and, and Jesus came to earth and he modeled that mission for us, right? The Holy Spirit put on flesh became 100% man to do what? To model that for us. And he went all the way to say, you know, I'm totally dependent on the Father for what I'm doing. And so he's totally modeling this mission for us. And then the mission from there, Jesus now commissions us, the Great Commission. And, and, and we know that the mission is not going to fail. But the mission is about the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. 
That's all that Jesus spoke about and taught about. So that should capture our attention to say, wow, am I missing something? Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, I'm not sure if I put this on there or not. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What was the gospel that he was talking about? The gospel of the kingdom. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind and to set the liberty uh, to those who are oppressed. So he called us, and this was prophecy taken out of uh, Isaiah, he called us to do these things. And so he wouldn't ask you and I to do something they couldn't do. If you couldn't do it, he wouldn't say, hey, go do this. But see, because we haven't understand, understood the kingdom aspect of God, we've just gone out there and tried to do it uh, on our own. And this is what I, I want us to see, that this is not the way it's going to happen for us, but it's going to happen through us catching an understanding of the kingdom of God. And when we go out there, because remember last week I said, Jesus, we don't save people, right? God does. We don't, we don't do that. He, that's his job. We don't convict him and we don't condemn him. That's his job. But he told us to go out there and do what? Take the kingdom out there. Take the authority out there. He told Abraham, Abraham, wherever you go, it can be yours. What was he saying? I'm going to give you dominion over those areas. But see, we're, we're, we're thinking things wrong even about this great commission. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, uh, I want to walk through about four verses quickly here. Luke four forty-three. But he said to them, It is necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to others, to other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. Wait a minute, Jesus. You were sent to teach about the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, I want, I want to go. And this is where the people were begging him to stay and miracles were happening. He says, no, I got to go because I'm supposed to do this everywhere. That's why I came. Luke 8 and verse 1. Everywhere he went, he proclaimed what? The glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Everywhere he went, he did that. And we need to catch her. What, that, what does that mean? If he did it and it worked, maybe we should try it and see if it works. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. You know, it's any wonder... Uh, that he sent him out, he commissioned them to do what? To preach the kingdom. Luke chapter 10, Jesus anointed the 70 others to heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Acts chapter 1, we kicked off the whole church with this prior to his ascension and the resurrection. The Lord spent 40 days with his apostles. And what was the one thing that he started out teaching him? He said, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he ended his ministry talking about the kingdom of God. And he's kicking off the church's ministry by talking about, again, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Acts chapter 1 and, and verse 8. Therefore... Uh, he, he, he says, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ is what I want you to go out and teach. And he sent the, the disciples out with that message. And, and go to Acts 8.12 and Acts 19.8, and, and he was reminding them in Ephesus. He says, don't forget, now preach the kingdom of God. 
And so again, 140 some times in the scripture, it's all that Jesus really taught the people. And so I'm thinking, God, how can I grasp this? What am I missing about this? I don't think about this enough. Maybe if you taught this and I'm not thinking about it, I'm not thinking about it enough. And maybe that's why we're not seeing the results that we could be seeing in the middle of what we are, where we live and what's going on around us. Let me just give you a few thoughts here about religion versus the kingdom. Jesus said to pray that everybody would be saved on the earth, right? No. <laughs> he said his first prayer was, his kingdom come where? Right? Isn't that what he said? He said, I want you, this is, and remember a couple weeks ago I said, this may not be as much a prayer as it is a mission. And I think it is. But he said, I want you to do this. I want you to, to jump into this. I want you to do this. So what's religion uh, versus uh, the kingdom? And I wrote down several things here to maybe help bring a little bit of, of comparison here by looking at the difference between the two. Religion prepares man to leave earth. And we know that, don't we? The sweet by and by, or I'll fly away. And we talked about that a little while back, too. You know, everything seemed to be pointing to get me out of here or get me out of here. Okay? Well, I don't know. You know, seems to me that the kingdom empowers man to dominate the earth. And, and, and that's what we see Jesus doing. Religion focuses on heaven. The kingdom focuses on the earth. Religion is reaching up to God. Remember I said that? Every other religion besides true Christianity always has you trying to reach up to God. Remember in the Tower of Babel what they were trying to do? Reach God. And it doesn't work. That's religion always does that. Your mindset is there. But the kingdom is that God is coming down to us. And he did that, didn't he? He did that. That's just so amazing. Uh, he's not asking you to go to him because you couldn't do it anyway and you wouldn't want to. He came after you. He's chasing after you. Uh, and so religion is reaching up to God. The kingdom is coming, is, uh, coming down to man. Religion wants to escape the earth. The, uh, the, the kingdom impacts, influences, and changes the earth. Religion seeks to take earth to heaven, and the kingdom seeks to bring heaven to earth. We might be missing it a little bit in our understanding if we're thinking too much uh, about getting away and going to heaven and when we get there. When in fact it's it is more about here. I had a quote on there. Is that up there somewhere? Can you see a quote? Can you pull that up? I don't have it on my notes right now. <clears throat> Listen to this. God is not waiting for you to get to heaven. He's waiting for you to get heaven here. Now let that settle in. Again, we've got to change some paradigm shift that we've had. We've been trained, you know, in the Western culture. A lot of wrong things. And it's time that we begin to adjust it and make some adjustments. It's not the sweet by and by. The sweet by and by is supposed to be here. 
It's not, you know what I mean? And, and, and we, we've sung all these songs and we've directed all these things and we've put all our prayers toward getting out of this place. And that's not God's plan. So you're really swimming upstream if that's how you're thinking. But if I'm thinking accurately and biblically and I'm thinking properly, then I'm going to start getting excited about what? His kingdom coming here. And when I don't see it, I don't settle for it. (laughs) It's interesting. It seems to me that it's easy for us to boast about the fact that we prayed for something, even if we don't see results. But we prayed. We we, we prayed. And Jesus said, no, man, I I want signs to follow you if you believe. And so it should be an edge of frustration for all of us to pray and not see results. And and, and, and I'm only talking about the type of results that Jesus saw. Dead, raised, sick, healed, crazy people, delivered. That's all. I'm not asking anything beyond that. But how many would agree that we've kind of settled for the fact that we've prayed for these things? If If that makes sense to you. But in fact, with... God's waiting for his kingdom to come back here and to be established. And and, and we need to to see that. He made a pretty strong rebuke concerning this to his disciples. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees and hypocrites. You shut what? The kingdom of heaven in men's faces. And you yourself do not enter, nor Will you let those enter who are trying to? Hear what he's saying? He's probably saying to these pastors, you know, just because you haven't wanted to break through and go there, you're not wanting anybody else to go there either. You're not teaching anybody. Woe to you that don't teach them of this power, of this kingdom, of this authority. And he's saying that, you know, and it's so easy, isn't it, for us to make excuses when we don't see a miracle happen like we ask for. Then what do we automatically, well, you know, kind of like what they did. Well, you know, who, who sinned, his mother or father, you know? And, and you know what I'm saying? That's just, it's just the culture that we've been trained in and the mindset that we've developed is against everything that God has taught us to do. And that was to preach that his kingdom would do what? Come where? On earth. Envision his kingdom. What does his kingdom look like to you? Does it look like what we see? See, we've been content. I, I'm, I, I, I don't, this is not a heavy message. This is actually good news if you catch it. If you don't catch it, it might be bad news. I don't want it to be bad news for anybody. But I just want us to know the truth here that God's, God's mindset is different than ours right now. And if we could capture his heart and we could capture his mind, I guarantee we'll begin to see it. And then once we begin to see it, we'll begin to proclaim it and we'll begin to pray it and we'll begin to see it happen. This is true. This is true. The kingdom of God has been hijacked by religion. That was good news, actually. (laughs) Because we're not going to stay there, right? I don't want to stay there. But it has been. It's been hijacked by, by religion. And, and, and then now religion is going south and still hijacking 
the kingdom of God. We're trying to. And you will see that increase. I think personally, America is being hijacked. How do you know that? Not because I listened to a bunch of conspiracy theories. Not because I believed what the news told me. All you have to do to know if something is being hijacked is just look at the laws that they're changing. Come on. Look at the laws that are being changed. You just need to get in and go a little bit deeper. I know there's a lot of pages, you know, even in this last bill, 800 and some pages. But how many of us read that? If you read it, you'd probably be more upset than what you are. And and I'm not talking about getting guns out. I'm just talking about realizing, hey, the kingdom of God needs to arise right now. Because the kingdom of God was meant to come to this earth. And if I see America, the last voice for the gospel to the world being hijacked, am I just going to let it happen? Have we let that happen, do you think, over the last 30 years? What happened when they took prayer out of school? We just let it happen, didn't we? What happened when they took the Bible out of schools? We just let it happen. And you know something? Uh, You just go down the line and begin to see some of the laws that are being set in. Then it takes it away from being a conspiracy theory that may never happen. But it will become a reality of what is happening. And we're seeing that now at a more rapid pace than ever before, I believe. Why? Because we've let a lot of stuff slip by. We've let it just happen. we've, We've let them take the Bible out of the school and put perverted books in. I wouldn't have been nearly upset if they just took the Bible out. But guess what? That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. They're putting perversion back in. I mean, you think about this. Just think about the things that they're taking out and the things that they're leaving in right now. Ain't no conspiracy theory. Just go read some stuff. And then you just have to read those things and look at those things and then ask yourself, because I know a lot of people just bail out because, oh, that's just conspiracy theory. I don't want to hear it anymore. And there's a lot out there, I, I would admit. I get tired of hearing some of it, too. But don't let that distract you from the truth that's going on. Just read a few laws. Read a few things. Look at, the few, look at a few things uh, on, on Facebook that you can't see, and then look at the things that they're letting you see. Look at the things on YouTube that you can't see, and they're turning off, and the things that you can see. And and I'm just saying all this. I'm not even trying to get political here. I'm just saying that the kingdom of God has been hijacked in the same way. And the door's being opened for all kinds of perversion accepted in the church. Now, I don't know about you, but it's just not right. And it is not, I say it, it is not the kingdom of God. It's not the king's domain. He's not having domain over those things. And that needs to stir our hearts up in a fresh way to say, God, let your kingdom come through me. Why? Because really he put the kingdom of God in us, didn't he? And so we must be under a lampshade or a bushel or whatever the statement is. Because there seems to be quite the advancement right now in the kingdom. I will say, though, also, there's also revival going on. But I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be the bump on the log over here that just tries to secure myself and to, you know, take care of myself and hold on until the storm passes. Because, of course, this goes around in cycles and cycles. 
I don't want to be that person because every time it goes around in a cycle, things get worse for who? Our kids. Right? I mean, you think about it. Just go look at some of the... I just tell you, just go look. Take a time to research what they want to teach our children in kindergarten now. Then it's no conspiracy theory for you. And we can maybe do something about that. I believe we can. I think that's what God's saying. That's what Jesus was saying over and over and over. You know, I want you to give you the kingdom authority. This stuff should not be happening on my watch. And, and, and the key is going to be, Lord, what do I do? How do I do it? What do we do? Well, let's let God give us a strategy so that we can do it. The strategy starts by me recognizing what the kingdom of God is all about and how powerful it is if I bring it, if I teach it. I'm talking to somebody that doesn't know Christ. I'm just telling them about the kingdom of God, right? He's going to deliver you. He's going to set you free. He's going to, you know, some of well, you've forgotten it. You've forgotten that's what he did for you. He's going to take care of you. If you honor him, he's going to honor you. He's going to, he's going to be, you know what I mean? That's the kingdom of God. That's what he wants to come on earth. I mean, it's hard to believe for me too. I just want you to know that. But it's biblical so I can stand on it. And I need to start standing on it. And I let God, the king, worry about the results. And I guarantee it's going to be better than you think. It's going to be better than you think. It's going to be more awesome than we would have ever imagined. I, I just feel that if we would just get on board with this, if we would understand the difference of the kingdom of God, and we'll talk about actually evangelizing, witnessing, how to do that next week. But this week I felt the, the, the need to say, the kingdom of God is at hand. And there's an authority there that the world cannot stand against. <clears throat> I got to say it again because I don't think you believed it. There's an authority in the kingdom of God that the kingdoms of this world can't stand against. And when I begin to believe that, then I'm going to go out there, okay? I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to deal with the right thing first. I'm not going to go out and attack people. Remember, they're all sons of God. They're all daughters of God. He loves all of them. They may differ in view. They may be blinded by the God of this world. But my goal is to go out and bind the strong man so that they can see again. But I got to take that ground back. I got to take that authority back. I got to begin to dream again. I got to begin to imagine through the scriptures, what God said he would do and what he wants to do. Every revival in the Old Testament, that's what happened. They went back to the word of God and said, you know something? God said that this was only going to be 70 years and now's the time. Jesus came and said, hey, the kingdom's here now. I started it. I kicked it off. Let's finish this thing. How many think God's going to win? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? He's going to win. We don't have to worry about that. That's not the issue. The issue is, is he wants his sons and daughter to get on board with this thing so that we can make a difference. You can make a difference. Do you stand up and, I don't know, maybe we should sing that song again. It's better than you think. What do you think, church? Can we sing that one?
Let's have the worship team run up here. So I, I think it's just true, you know. Uh, there's revival in the air. Catch it if you can. What's he saying? There's a lot of people that are missing it. If you don't reach out and catch it, you will miss it too. You'll miss it too. I don't want anybody here to miss it. It's just too great to miss. You'll be so sorry if you missed it. I don't know if you'll have weeping and gnashing of teeth, but you'll be sorry. But if you grab it and we see this thing happen, I tell you what, it'll be the most glorious thing on the planet. Nobody touched Jesus when he was walking on the earth. Do you realize that? Even armies came to get him, and all he had to do was, I am. And they fell over. That can happen again. That's the king's authority in his kingdom where his kingdom's at. And we bring it there. And I I hope that makes sense. I I feel like I didn't do this justice at all. But I believe if we could capture a paradigm shift, we're not trying to get to heaven. We're trying to get his kingdom on earth as he told us to. And when we see that happening around us, you're going to see people's lives changed around you just because you, you bound the strong man around them. You didn't tolerate it anymore. You literally did that. And if we do that, then I think, then he saves them. And it's an awesome thing. Let's, let's, let's do that. All right, can we pull the lights up a little bit? It's just good to see every, or not see everybody, but to have everybody online. <laughs> Cannot see you. Uh, it's good to have everybody here. This is exciting. You know, we ended up, uh, they were asking for like 100 pairs of socks a couple weeks ago for the mentally handicapped and uh and praise be to god they, they got over like 550 pairs they were just overwhelmed as they were giving them out and so thank you for investing in that and uh, it actually caused the person that started this this was actually we were her guinea pigs she wasn't expecting what happened and she's going to take it national now just to help out and i know it seems like an odd need but they know what they need uh, we'll let them know that. But thank you for being a part of that. Uh, I just want to encourage you that we have the He Is, which is Good Friday, which is an amazing service. And I would just ask you to do this. Let's get bold and just invite somebody. If they say no, that's okay. But just invite somebody to it. It's going to be awesome. We played a video uh, last week of it. We'll play it next week. Uh, it might be on- online. Do we have it online? Okay, so it's online. Uh, so why don't you consider that, and then also for the Easter service, you know, let's just get bold and begin to not be afraid. Take the kingdom of God with you. Just ask, invite people, uh, and that's an awesome thing. And then we have our vision meeting that we do every year on the 28th, which is two weeks from today. So I want to encourage you about that. It's going to be a great, great time, and there's some great reports that we have for it. So uh, anyway, it's an awesome thing. All right. If you're standing close to somebody, that means you don't mind putting hands on them and praying for them. So put your hand on somebody right now. Come on, put your hand on them and just pray for them. Pray for each other. Real quick, just pray pray your best quick prayer. Come on. Lord, stir our hearts for the kingdom. Stir our hearts for what you're doing. Stir our minds, God, today with the, uh, the, the, the kingdom of God that you want to have established here on earth. Just touch that person next to you, God. Touch that person and release the power of God right now. Release the power of God. Let there be a release inside of them today, Father, that begins to break open and ignite something powerful in each and every person. Lord, our trust is in the name of the Lord. 
King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Lord. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Have an awesome week, and uh, we will see you again this coming Sunday.